0: Today is a great day as we are celebrating the service in honor of the children. Before I get started there are a few people I really need to thank and others I need to lift up. I want to thank Peter and Laura for allowing me to do this. We're going to see later if that was a good decision. (laughs) I want to lift up uh, Gabriel and Monica for seeing the need to jump in to be Sunday coordinators. It's been a huge time. also want to lift up Nathan and Alita Butchery for doing the same, jumping in on midweek to help. Aaron and Debbie are doing a fantastic job as lead coordinators for midweeks, and this year they got help, especially from Mike and Lorna Lowe, from Central Senate president. <laughs> Carlos and Nancy, who you heard share about their Senate eyes. they are rocks in our children's ministry and have been for years, longer than we have been. I don't know why this, I'm going to back up, maybe that'll stop that. I also want to thank my wife for putting up with me. It's been a amazing year for us. Just <clears throat> We've seen a lot of progress that's been made this year within the children's ministry and through the children's ministry. There, there are several people that have been, this service couldn't happen without And Paul and Jenny Navarro did a great job. They have had the help of Leslie Scherlicky, Robin Wadsworth, Robert and Rebecca Lickfeldt, Lonnie Martinez, and many other teachers. Last week, when I was preparing for today, my computer caught on fire as I was trying to do stuff. So, yeah, Satan's been working pretty hard. I've been able to see how gifted Ronnie Adams is at what he does with media. He's been a huge help. Without him, you're you're gonna see some videos up here today. He has been fantastic and instrumental in getting it done. If I have missed anybody, I I, I apologize for that, but those are a lot of people that I know That really helped me today with the service. Now on to my lesson. The title of my message today is Through My Father's Eyes. And I hope you brought your Bibles today because there is no PowerPoint. Sorry, I I, I just, I don't know how to do all that and I'm not going to start learning this week. It's been enough. Uh, I want to share today about my convictions regarding the children's ministry and the value of our children. Sorry, I get a little emotional when I speak. If you know me, you know it's true. In order to see where you're going, sometimes you have to look where you've been in order to have a starting point. A little after two months ago, a little over two months ago, I started to have quite a bit of pain. Uh, Got to go see several different doctors. And... (coughs) It turns out there was a pretty good possibility that I would gotten testicular cancer. So, I'll tell you what, woke me up, changed the way I look at things. I started getting scared and angry. A whole lot of emotions started to come out. Then I did the smartest thing I could have done. I took my dad's advice and I called the elders. I called John Mennell and I asked if the elders would pray with me and for me. We got together one Sunday morning and did that. And after I left, I continued to pray. I didn't pray to get better. I asked that his will would be done. And that I would have peace with that. Sorry, it's been a very emotional last couple of months. I truly was trying to see things from his perspective and not mine. And that is a very hard thing for me to do because I like to be in control of my life. Looking back now, it's almost comical how little control I actually have or have ever had. Funny thing is, now my doctors don't know what to do either. What they see, they can't explain. They put me on antibiotics because I thought maybe it's an infection. Well, it's not. But whatever it is, whatever it was, is going away. I told my wife who is a nurse that you know doctors practice medicine because God's the one who invented it. That they, they I they have no idea what to do. They say it's getting smaller, I still have to go back, I'm not completely out of the woods yet. But man, it's a lot better than where I was two months ago. So I am asking for continued prayers so that I can continue to to focus on things that I have decided are truly important to me. And going through this past couple months, I've, I've had to reevaluate what my priorities are. I want to focus on what is important and I don't want to worry about anything else. I want to see what God sees. I want to see how God sees. If you open your Bibles with me, Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13, hopefully you guys are pretty familiar with this passage. This has been one of the key ones that honestly, has honestly helped me out the most in the past couple of months with everything, because we've been going through financial issues and a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, we had a our washer broke, so we had to do a longer minute. Found out that was going to cost in a month half as much as the new machine, so we went and bought one. Well, the dryer decided it didn't like the new washer, so it went ahead and broke two. So we had to buy a new dryer. The week later, our furnace broke. Remember when it had a really cold spell? Yeah, we still don't have a furnace, so we're using a lot of blankets. And then last week, my computer caught on fire. This morning, I'm printing this up, and I ran out of ink. Okay, I hope somebody gets something out of this message, because it's been a challenge to get (laughs) here. Jeremiah 2911. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. How can you not be encouraged by this scripture? It is so simple. All you have to do, call, come, pray, and seek. That's not that hard. Think of all the things you do during a normal day. That involves way more than that. every day of our lives. God is asking for so little and promises so much. I'm amazed by the promise that he has for us. He has a plan for all of us to allow us to be hopeful about our future. In the midst of me going through everything I was going through, I was still hopeful. I never lost hope. I want to take a minute here to show you a video on what the kids are saying about their future. Hey, guys, you ready to see yourselves on TV like I promised you? Let's go ahead and look up and roll the video, please.
1: How old are you? Five. What do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be, um, I want to be a vet. Why? Because you can hold birds and you take care of them. What's your name? How old are you? Five. Five. What do you want to be when you grow up? don't know? What do you want to be when you grow up? A dad. What do you want to be when you grow up? Um, a doctor. Why? Because I can help people. What do you want to be when you grow up? A mom. Why do you want to be a mom? I want to have What's your name? John. How old are you, John? Five years old. You're five years old? What do you want to be when you grow up? Mm, Six. You want to be six? (laughs) What about after you're six, what do you want to be? Seven. Okay. What do you want to be when you grow up? A mom. (laughs) A mom? Why? Because, Because I want to help kids. And be and and a, a nurse, just like my mom. What do you want to be when you grow up? A fireman. A fireman. Good job. What's a soccer player. And I think I want to be a geologist. A preschool teacher. A veterinarian to help animals. An artist. Or maybe cre- or maybe a creator. Um, I don't know. Policeman, Artist. Right. jet pilot, singer, artist. I don't know. That's okay. An artist, veterinarian, a pediatrician, a doctor, a fashion model. Okay, I mean a fashion designer. What's your name? Ryan. How old are you? Ten. What do you want to be when you grow up? A producer. Why? Because I like to make movies and I have ideas. A lawyer. Why? Because uh, I think I'll be good for that and, I'm, and I'll make a lot of money. I want to be a writer. Why? Because I like to like, I have a really good meditation. I think I want to be uh, this is a, hard one, a doctor. Why? Oh my God. Because like, I actually like a pediatrician because you get to help the kids when they're sick.
0: That's awesome.
1: I want to be a doctor. Why? Because
0: I just do. I don't know why. That was a lot of fun
1: to make that video. Can you guys hear
0: me okay on this? I I lost my wireless mic. It's just the way my week's going. Everybody hear me okay? The back? Okay. Here is something i chat, I've been challenging people on all year. I started out in January. When you guys walk down the halls the Kingdom kids, what do you see? You, you see a bunch of kids, see a bunch of you know kids that might you know whine, cry, fight, go by the baby's room, might be a little stinky. <laughs> you know what do you see? I see the future of our church. I, I see You know, what's going to lead us into the next generation. I, I don't see the stinky, whiny, cry kids. All these kids want to be something more than they are. And I'll tell you why. Nobody's told them they can't be. Imagine if you guys, as adults, believed in yourselves the way they do. What we could do, what we could become, what we could accomplish would be unlimited if we only could open our eyes and see us the way God wants us to see us. There there is no limit to what these kids can do. God is the only one that actually knows what long term your full potential is. Well we'll never know until, you know, God calls us home. That's how you have to find out. I'm gonna be able to show more of God's long term plan in a little bit. That's the end of my message. It's gonna be a little bit of fun. A lot of people struggling with serving in children's ministry they have a worldly view. I have had people say that it doesn't matter. They're just little kids. They don't need me. Go go to this passage with me. 2 Kings chapter 6. This is what I believe. The children right here are the future of the kingdom and one of the most valuable resources we could ever have. It makes me struggle when people tell me they can't find time to serve or it's too hard or how much longer is the rotation. All that tells me is their hearts are just not there. And it concerns me for their own sake, for their own walk with God. You know, I want to challenge you today that if you have not served lately or if you have never served, you know, it's time to repent. We're we're going to be starting new rotations for the Sundays and the midweeks to start the new year. What a great way to start the year off going, okay, this year I'm going to serve. This year I'm going to do something different. I'm going to actually try and see what God wants me to do. In 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 8, Now the king of Aram was at war with Israel. After conferring with his officers, he said, I will set up my camp in such and such a place. The man of God sent word to the king of Israel, Beware of passing that place because the Arameans are going down there. So the king of Israel checked out on the place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on his guard in such places. This enraged the king of Aram. He summoned his officers and demanded of them, Tell me, which one of us is on the side of the king of Israel? None of us, my lord, the king, said one of his officers, But Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, Tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. Go, find out where he is, the king ordered, So I can send men and capture him. The report came back, he is in Dothan. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. Then they went by night and surrounded the city. When a servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army of horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, he cried. What shall we do? The servant was afraid. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, that he may see. Then the Lord opened his, the servant's eyes, and he looked, and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Can you imagine being the servant? Can you imagine? I want to hear more about this guy. Imagine one man taking the time out of his day to grab another man and get his eyes open to where he can see what he sees and for it to be that striking. Do you honestly think the servant ever looked at things the same way again? It wouldn't even be possible. This is the guy I want to I want to hear more about this guy. He finally saw the power of God. He recognized it. And I believe, I don't know for a fact, that it changed him forever. You know. That's my goal today is for us to be able to open our eyes and see something through somebody else that we've never seen before. You know, one man can make a huge difference on the way people look at things. What if you could see what God sees regarding the kids? I guarantee you he doesn't see the whiny stuff because if he was looking at adults when we were whiny and before we got baptized and the way we treated people, you know, God is a loving God. There's no way he looks at the kids the same way we can look at the kids when we're not you know, necessarily doing well spiritually. What if you knew that if because of you or in spite of you, These kids are going to get older, become disciples, and you could not only watch it happen, but you could be a key person in making it happen. I pray that God allows you to see the future in regards to the children here today. I know we want the children to grow up and become disciples. What we need to look at is that most of these kids here today in this front row are going to get married. They're going to have kids of their own. Some of them might be leading your church one day. You know, how we train them, when we're teaching them, we'll determine what direction we're going to go because at some point they are going to lead us. You know, I don't think Peter in 30 years from now, I don't know exactly how old he is, but I know he's going to be in his 70s probably at that point because I'm going to be too. You know, it ain't going to be up to us to move this church. It, it's going to be a new generation. What are we doing to train the new generation? My question for you, where are they going to lead us if we don't take the time to train and where we want to go? I want to show you another quick video of some kids who in the past 10 years have made some decisions. And I've seen these kids. This has been my timeline, my time as a disciple. So I want to roll one more quick video right now. Anytime you guys are ready, back there in the back.
1: Ready. Okay. Well, uh, my name is Chris Wadsworth. Uh, I am a Kingdom kid. I grew up in the church. So I was born into it. And uh, right now, I currently lead the Mount Sac uh, group in the Campus Ministry. Hey, my name is James Strobel. I am a Kingdom kid, and now I serve in the Citrus Ministry. Hi, my name is Diana Maya. I'm a Kingdom kid, and I'm now shepherding the Cal Poly Ministry. Uh, and... Hi, I'm David uh, and uh, I'm a Kingdom kid. part of the Team Ministry. Okay, that's it. That's, that's it. it. Anytime, Anytime you're ready. ready. Okay, so my name is Sammy Hill, and I'm a Kingdom Kid, and now I'm a part of the Team Ministry? Yes. Okay. All right, my name is Adrian Martinez. Uh I was a Kingdom Kid, and now I'm part of the Mount Sac Campus Ministry. Anytime you're ready. Okay. Okay. okay, I'm Sammy Hill, and I'm a Kingdom Kid, and now I'm part of the
0: Team Ministry. Hi. You said I'm part of the Kingdom Kids, you get a little flustered.
1: now I'm part of the ministry Okay, wait, so what do you want me... My Hi. name is Sammy Email. I am a Kingdom Kid, and now I'm part of the Team Ministry. ministry. My name is Sammy I am a Kingdom Kid and now I'm part of the Team Ministry. There you go, try that again. Hi, I'm Sarah Shere And I was a Kingdom kid, and I'm part of the cyber Minds ministry My name is Sammy Immel, I am a Kingdom kid, and now I'm part of the Team Ministry. I'm Mike Mead, I was a Kingdom kid and now I oversee the Team Ministry, and I'm married.
0: Yes, I did say Mike for last on purpose. You know that's pretty cool. I see these kids. This has all happened in the past few years. That's not even close to all the kids. There's kids that are in other states being interns. There are kids that are out of the regions, being part of campus ministries. They all were baptized and growing up here in the East. You know, I told you guys I'm trying to look at things differently. Look at me with, a, in a manner of decades. Ten years ago, I was single living a worldly life. I was a sinner. If you are visiting here today, I want to encourage you what God can do. You can't be farther out there than I was ten years ago. Trust me on this. I look back, and I'm amazed what God has done and continues to do. I'm happily married. never thought I was going to even get married. I have three amazing kids. Tell you what you guys have seen. I like visual aids. I want to show you some more. If you got baptized in 2000 until 2010, I want you to stand up in your seats, please. If you got baptized in the last 10 years, I want you to stand up. That's what God has done in the last 10 years, even through everything the church has gone through. If you're familiar with our history, we've had a little bit of a hard time the past 10 years. But God has done amazing things. What have you done? Have you grown? Have you changed? Have you matured? I know as we draw closer to the end of the year, most people look back to see what they have done this year and are, are making plans for next year. And that's commendable. But where, God willing, will you be in 2020? Where are you going to be 10 years from now? Where are your kids gonna be ten years from now? I just saw a couple months ago. Wow. I mean my son's gonna be probably graduated from high school. My daughters are one's gonna be a teen, the other will be a preteen. Right now, you know, three, five and fourteen. So ten years from now a lot's gonna change in their world. You know. where you have served, where you've grown, where you have changed. Or are you still going to be hanging on to personal issues you can't let go of because you're afraid of what's going to happen if you actually aren't in charge of your life anymore? In 10 years, where do you think these, the young women and the young men in this video are going to be? When I got baptized in 2000, they would have been in the first video because they were all preteens. Now, you heard their shepherding... They're doing, they're leading Bible talks. One of them's married. Another one is getting married. I told you guys I like visual aids. Children, if you are 8 to 15 years old, please stand up. If you are 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, or 15, this includes some of the teens back there. I see you. And I know you boys, especially the ones that eat my food. Okay. Thank you. You guys see these guys? In 10 10 years, 2020, they're going to be part of the campus, singles, and possibly the marriage ministry. Guys, go ahead, sit down. Thank you. Is that a little scary, or, or does that make you excited for the possibility of what's going to happen? Makes me want to invest with this group. Makes me want to spend more time with them to actually see where we're going to go. You know, I'm, I'm getting closer to my clothes here. This is what I, you know, Teresa and I pour ourselves into children's ministry because we see that through doing this, we can be like Christ, and it's one way. Let's go to Luke 22, verse 23. Give you guys a minute to catch up. Serving in this way allows us to do what we are called to do and what we are called to be. And in, in verse 23, 24 This is Jesus and his 12. They started arguing. Because, well, they're men. A dispute also arose among them as to which was considered to be the greatest. Jesus said to them, The kings of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest. And the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. You know, this is a key passage for my wife and I that we try and imitate because it's it's just a simple one to do. How can you be like Christ? Serve. How hard is that? It's not. It, sometimes it'll. you might have to pray about it. You might have to talk to some people. You might have to get your heart right. But it's honestly... It's not that hard to do. And once you do it, you'll be amazed at how much different in such a good way that you will feel that you'll, you'll never actually probably be able to stop. If you look at some of the older disciples in this group, they're, they're the ones that are here the earliest. I mean, Dave Moss has been a disciple for 35 years now, I think. 35 years. A lot of people in this room aren't even that old. He's one of the first ones here helping set up. On, and he he wasn't even helping set up today's service. He was one of the first ones here because he doesn't know anything else but how to serve. That's what we need to imitate. There are many that do this for the same reason down at Kingdom Kids, and we count on them to teach kids. We have families that do not even have kids in Kingdom Kids, and they're one of the most consistently serving people that we have because they know that that's where they want to invest. Let's look at Luke 12. We're pretty close here. I've never heard the scriptures heard this way. I was thinking about this morning when I got up early to continue working on this lesson. I know the economy is tough and nobody wants to talk about investing. Well, that's fine. I understand financial situations are challenging. We're going through them ourselves. I want you to invest your time, not your money, so you can literally watch your investment grow. I want you to serve so that your heart will be softened and that you'll have a deeper walk with God. I want you to love because you're a disciple and that's what you're supposed to do. John thirteen thirty four and 35. You know, I've talked to you guys today about looking back and looking forward. Now I want you to look into the past to see the present. I want you to keep in mind if you were asked to serve these kids that I'm going to show you right now, how would you feel about your investment? If you could show the first slide, please, first picture. Anybody know who that is? Know who that is? What if I go like this? (laughs) That's me and my brother. I'm the one on the right. I'm actually on your left. Okay, anybody know who this is? Carlos Racinos. Now look, guys, this is fun and this is cute. And I want to do this, but I want you guys to look. If you saw him when he was that age, would you look at him now as a father, a husband, a devoted disciple who serves? I, I want to change, I want to shift your mindset. I want you guys to look at the kids differently than you have been ever. How about this one? Jacob Ardron. The father. Oh, how about this guy? Anybody know this one? Javier Amaya. Let's see him when he gets a little older. Sorry, Adrian, you look exactly like your dad, son. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next slide. Okay, how about this one? We're going way back here. Uh, That's not Robert Lickfeld. That's John Mantle. (laughs) On our right, that that is our elder. Do you think if you saw him when he was that age and he needed his diaper changed, do you think you would actually look at him as going, that man is going to impact hundreds if not thousands of people being an elder in the church? How about this guy? He, he's a powerful young man. He's leading your campus ministry right now. His name is Josh Peterson.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, we've got to know who this one is. Bear, come here. Come here, Bear. Uh, I know sometimes we need a visual of what people actually look like when they were young. And when they get older. How about this one? Yeah, now husbands, don't get mad at your wives. Yeah, I set you guys up. It's my fault. Blame me. That's Marty Ardron. Ah, I got this guy. anybody know this one? Middle picture, mouth open wide, kind of. uh, Mike Finn. Okay, now this one is perfect because he's holding a fishing pole. And now he's our lead evangelist and a true fisherman, Peter Garcia. He, he's the one on the right, as he said, with a really tall forehead. That's how he described himself. I'm just, I'm just quoting. Next slide, please. Okay, how about this guy? Hi, Phil. <laughs> Phil Wadsworth, one of our lead ushers here in the region. How about this guy? A whole other country. Traveling over here. Now he's leading the 4, or 5, and K. With his parents in his house, Rajiv pulling guy him.
1: <laughs> Robert! <laughs>
0: Now, the one on top of the shoulders is the one we're looking for here, I believe. I didn't get a chance to talk to his wife, but I believe he is the shepherd for your campus ministry, Mr. Tate Burns. (laughs) Okay, that's the end of me being able to embarrass the other people. (laughs) In closing today, I do ask, I want you guys to... To pray for some things, I I want you guys to continue to try and look at things through your father's eyes. Because if you saw those guys when when they were kids, God knew what they were going to be. God, it's very clear. For us, it's not. We have to pray to see things through our father's eyes so that we can actually get a vision for the children. And what that means, so you can serve and you can grow in ways that you've never before experienced. I want to thank you guys very much for your time.